What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude with a little bit of coaching voice, but we going to plow through this. Because if I ask my players to play all four quarters, damn it, I better be here for this show all the way through. So... Let me just tell y'all, man, we got to get into it. It's a special week on this show. I'm feeling especially great right now. And let me just start it off by saying this. Thank you guys for all the love that you're giving me for real. And I'm going to tell you why just in a second. We're talking about Brinks. We're talking about Reach, YouTube, Wiley's World member, and iHeart is in there as well. We know Friday Swag Away. It's going to be this book, Never Shut Up. But this is a special week. We're going to have swag away swap. What does that mean? That means you also can get yourself a pack of my playing cards. Look how thick that is. I ain't giving you all of them, but I'm just saying there's a whole lot in here. You can have that. You can have the book or I hear y'all. I actually be in them comments. Y'all can get this Wiley swag away jersey signed for you as well. Now, why am I such in a given spirit? I know I'm big like Santa Claus, but I ain't Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. Let me tell you why. Because this is our fifth month of doing Never Shut Up Daily, right? The show started on February 6th, Daily Show. Right now, we have 91,500 plus followers. And I just wanted to show you guys some love because this week, we're predicting sometime in the next week or so, we're going to go over 100,000 followers, which is a milestone in the YouTube world, right? I'm amazed that we got there so fast, especially in the off season. No football. We don't even have basketball right now, but we chopping it up because there's more to sports than just the results. And that's what I'm loving right now. So we have a little contest for you. This is another one. We got our Friday swag away. We also got our Friday swag away swap winner. Whoever predicts the exact day and time we go over a hundred thousand followers, I'm gonna hook you up with one of those gifts. Deal, deal. 
So my guess is Monday at 2.27 p.m., right? 227, y'all remember that show? That's my guess. Mikey P is guessing Saturday at 9 a.m. What are you guessing? Leave that in the comments. And you members out there, you're going to get a chance to win a swag away item for guessing the right day and time we go over 100,000 followers. All right. So you know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude? I kind of been doing it already. But let me tell you, had a great weekend coaching. We smoked. We got a squad, a bunch of little eight, nine-year-olds right now playing with my little seven-year-old boy. Tall kids, mature kids, all coachable. We got a squad. Um, a lot of pickleball, a lot of tennis. I lost 10 pounds this week. Yeah. I literally did lose 10 pounds of water weight playing tennis the other day. Went to my boy Sebastian Maniscalco's 50th birthday party. Amazing. As you would expect, it was next level. Part of my voice is still at that party as well. Now, the last thing that happened was this morning. I was getting my four-year-old dressed, Araya. And she looked at me as she's getting dressed, being silly as always, smiling, and says, Daddy, what happens when we die? and we go to the sky. In our house, we say, we don't say die, really. We say you go to the sky, but she knows what death is. So daddy, what happens when we die and go to the sky? Do we go to Canada? And she's laughing, and I'm looking like, wow, such a deep conversation. But with her perspective, she's just like, what's next? What happens? And then why do we have to die, etc.? Look, I don't have all the answers. No one does. But at the same time, it really touched me to see that she understands that in this life, there is going to be an end date. Then she asked, does everyone have to die? I don't want everyone to die. I don't want everyone to go to Canada, right? She thinks that Canada is like the cemetery for all of us. But then she wisened up and said, Daddy, it's okay because when we all die, we go to heaven. And I was like, that's a good ending point for me. I don't know what else to say about that. Now, speaking of things I don't know what to say about, whoa, ex-Northwestern player says that Coach Fat Pat Fitzgerald failed by not stopping hazing. And Northwestern is reconsidering Fitzgerald's penalty amid a hazing probe. Y'all catch that? Because I butchered it. Basically, uh-oh, Pat Fitzgerald got a little suspension. Now, we're going to see how much of a penalty he faces. Damn. They out there hazing at Northwestern to the next level, according to these accusations. All of that, and they still sorry as hell. Let's talk through this. All right, so a former Northwestern football player came forward with allegations, widespread hazing with the program. He talked to the university president, Michael Schill, considering now harsher discipline for coach Pat Fitzgerald. I'm going to tell y'all why. So the former player who spoke to ESPN, of course, on the condition of anonymity, that means I want to say it, but uh, I don't want to deal with the consequences. I hate this, but we got to talk through it. He said he told Shield about the hazing he witnessed and experienced at Northwestern. Oh, mo much of it, he said, was sexualized. Uh, that already takes me to that Jalen Green video. Remember, I told y'all. You got these athletes, I'm, these athletes like me too. I've seen it. It's crazy up in that locker room. Let's talk about this situation. So Shield said he's going to have to reassess the two-week suspension Fitzgerald received Friday following a university-commissioned investigation of these hazing allegations. So here's a description of the hazing that they said occurred. Hazing activity called running, led by a group of older players called the Shrek Gang. 
running usually against the freshmen or younger players who make mistakes in practice, okay? So the older players, upperclassmen, wearing masks will restrain the victim in a dark locker room and engage in sexualized behavior. Former players said he was run as a freshman and they've been held down against their will by numerous upperclassmen with masks on and having been violently dry humped in a dark room. Yeah. So he says this is sexual abuse, sexual assault. I don't know why the university isn't making the details public. So allegedly Fitzgerald would signal for players to be added to Shrek's list with specific clapping motion during practice. Not saying this is true or false, but I can see that mechanism at play. When coaches in on something with the players, he'd be like, <laughs> and then everybody like, ah, gotta get them. Like, it's not always a negative thing. Coaches sometimes on on a good thing with us. But when coach does that, we know what he's talking about, all right? So the player said he saw him do this at least five times since 2020. And the vast majority of the team would join in on it. Ah, the lawyer in me right now says, interesting. You're trying to pin this on the coach when you just said a vast majority of the team would join in on it. Was everybody joining in on it? One. And two, was everyone enlightened and privy to what was happening? He may have just told on himself right there. And obviously you could see a disconnect from a group of players and their head coach. Interesting. So he said the names would be added to the whiteboard in the locker room and that running would take place during certain times of the year. And the former player also said he sent a picture of the whiteboard headline Shrek's list and listed the names of the players. They did things like naked slingshot, naked bear cross, naked exchange, naked pass rush, etc. Okay, the rest of this is simple. Fitz, Fitz obviously denies all of this. The university said that, hey, we looked into it a ton. And then now you're going to have to figure out what happens. Basically, they're going to need a smoking gun. They're going to have to connect it to where Fitzgerald had the knowledge and it occurred under his watch with that knowledge. Because just happening on your watch, not good enough to really get rid of the coach in this situation. Why? Because there is a disconnect. Why? Because the player didn't even say anything when it was happening. Hmm. So if the player said, yeah, I went to coach, coach didn't say anything, and then he kept giving the signals, now we got a smoking gun. But right now, everything was kept under wraps, and then now a former player says something? That's interesting. Here's one thing that I think is really interesting about this. Another player said that his sole objective of bringing this out was just to get Fitzgerald fired. He said he just kept emphasizing, yeah, it'll be okay. I'm just trying to get Coach Fitz fired. I don't think he ever acknowledged what he's saying is not true. It was just like I might embellish, exaggerate to get Coach Fitz fired. He said his sole goal was to get him put in jail and to rot in jail. The truth is none of that stuff happened in our locker room. So y'all believe these hazing allegations? One, it's another anonymous person saying it. Two, do you think Fitzgerald should be fired? Now, the players have come out in support of Fitzgerald in part because there is a cultural pressure. Like if you're on a team right now and your coach is under investigation, blindly you're like, uh, let me support him or not say anything at all because you want to keep your reps. You want to keep your status. But ah, is this a cover-up or is there really a crime at play? 
I've never went through anything like this. I went through hazing. I actually uh, enjoyed the hazing process because it was a rite of passage for me, but we didn't go to this extent as well. So I just want to see what you guys think about this story in those comments. Thanking you for all that love and all that support. We are closing in on 100,000 followers in five months. Let's go. You know what you got to do this week. You got to write in the comments the exact date and exact time we go over 100,000 followers. Thank you for all that love and support so fast, so furious over here. Man, Brinks, reach iHeart, Wiley's World, YouTube. Somebody's going to win this. Hey, this is a Friday Swagaway, always, right? But somebody's also going to get the Friday Swagaway swap if they predict it, right? So you're going to get these playing cards. That's me right there, fool. And you can also get this jersey. Damn, do they even make these jerseys anymore? I don't think the Chargers are these colors anymore. I ain't seen this since 1989. What song is that? All right, y'all, let's get into it. Dana White. Oh, man. He has Israel Adesanya's back after that N-bomb tirade that, that they were calling that at UFC 290. So Dana White addressed the backlash that Israel received after that outburst on Saturday night. So I decided who's not known for taking the high road, we shall say, right? And I love him for it sometimes because he keeps it real. Jumped into the cage to confront his rival, uh, Dricus Duplessis, all right, respect, after his TKO victory over Robert Whitaker and unleashed all the N-bombs he knew, right? And he claimed that he's the real African fighter. He was mad at that because that's what my man Duplessis has been saying. They're both from Africa. He's South African. So White was questioned about the incident in the post-fight presser and defended his middleweight champion. I'm going to give it to you raw. He said, he's black. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I could care less. This is the fight business. Israel can say whatever he wants to say. Who gives a shit? Why are people bitching about that? Of course they are. Too fucking bad. All right, I'm sorry about the language, but hey, it's just a quote. So Duplessis also offered a reaction. Brandon Adesanya, a clown. He's behaving like a clown in there. That's not how a champion behaves. That's not all how a man behaves. He's behaving like a child. Conduct yourself like a champion. Boring. There's people looking up to you, boring, and you're behaving like that. If that sells tickets, good for him. I'll sell tickets in my way. I'm a gentleman. I'm a man, and I'll behave like a man. Okay. Why well, I just said it was boring? Not because he's wrong. It's just that can't be your counter to what he's talking about. I hate when they just bring in the kids and bring in the role model stuff. Yeah, that's not how you're supposed to act. Oh, so kids should know how to do bare knuckles and 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 gouging out eyeballs and all this stuff. Oh, they don't do that in the UFC. Oh, they do everything else. Exactly. So you want the kids to do all that too? No. So don't try and mirror these things and try to put them the same. So the South African rubbed out Desanya the wrong way with the real African fighter comment, comparing this African residency to that of Adesanya, who lives in New Zealand. Ah, he left the borders, right? He has since defended himself against the resulting criticism, stating he never explicitly said he would be more African than Aden Sanya. That's where we got this. Now, this story is interesting on that level alone. Like, damn, you ain't even fighting. You jump in the ring, grab the mic, and start unleashing on this dude because you got the issue. Now, you know they allow that because obviously that's going to create storyline. Creating that storyline is going to get us more interested in a potential fight. 
or just UFC in general, correct? All right, here's the thing though. Y'all notice and witness Dana White putting that flag down right now. I mean, he put it deep in the dirt because he's like, look, we broadcast a brutal mainstream sport, but don't get it twisted. We ain't censoring anybody around here. Interesting, because it felt like at times before Dana White would cringe a little on certain comments, certain behaviors, but on this one, he's like, nah, we won't be censored. We won't bow down basically to Madison Avenue because frankly, we already sold our business. We already made our money. That's part one and part two. Only way for them to grow this business of UFC continuously is to be authentic, right? To stick to their script. We know what the sport is. Everybody know how brutal UFC is at the same time, safer than boxing. Like it's crazy. You see all that blood on the mat by the end, by the main event. It's just bloody everywhere, right? But in a weird way, it's brutal, but it's also tame. Like they all can tap out when it's too much. In boxing, you get your ass knocked out, right? Ain't no, okay, unless you're Roberto Duran. But the point is, you don't see too much no mas in boxing where you can see it all the time in UFC, and it's respected. I love Dana White for this moment. He's not serving two gods. He's not like, yo, oh yeah, I got them sponsors and those brands. Oh, that ain't going to go well. Even if I don't like the N-word, even if I don't want to hear the N-word like that, I like the fact that Dana White, president, is sticking his flag like that. So this is how you grow. You stick to your script. I heard a lot of you guys got mad at Pat McAfee because he went to ESPN because a lot of you went to Pat McAfee because he wasn't ESPN. So that's some identity issues that can happen to a brand when you don't stick to your script. I understand where you guys are coming from. I also love the fact that everyone's in awe of the lions, right? The competitors, the combatants, everyone's in awe of it, but they hate the sound of the jungle. You catch what I'm saying? Remember when Aaron Andrews ran up on Richard Sherman? And that was my favorite interview. That and Skip Bayless and Jalen Rose. Those are my two favorite interactions ever. And I'm like, you give him the mic and you ask him about him and Crabtree. You ask him about the game he just played. You ask the lion in the moment, how is he feeling? And he roared. <laughs> and that mic, everybody was like, you were thinking all that? That's how you feel about him? Yeah, what do you think this is? So the emotional content, despite the word play, I understand I'm not a fan of the N-word, y'all already know that, but what you gonna do? You gonna be out there and silence the jungle? You can't, man, that's how the game goes. So that was an intimate moment as well, full of great emotional content. So whoever doesn't like it, Dana's fine with it, and everyone he represents will fight, literally, pun intended, for Dana White. The last little caveat of this is, it's interesting, the comfort or uncomfortable feelings that come from the N-word. I give it to you like this. Yesterday, we had a few friends over. We we're playing pickleball, eating Mediterranean food. That's why my belly's so flat, because I'm over there eating that good lean meat, right? And my neighbors, uh, they're actually famous. I ain't going to tell you who, but they're not black. But their son is home for, for co from college for vacation, and he likes rap. And he ain't black and he plays a lot of rap with n-words and I don't play any of it, right? Not around my kids and itty bitties in the backyard. So I'm like, damn, you know what I was thinking the whole time he playing these songs? Is he going to sing along with them? 
is he going to say the N-word, right? Ain't that crazy? Like when you see somebody say the N-word and then they're not black and then, so what if they are black? Like still it feels weird. I just want y'all, let me know how y'all feel about that. How would y'all handle that situation? He didn't say it, but what if he did? What would y'all do? For some reason, I could come into this show with a fatigued voice and it gets stronger as we go. Why? Because I can feel that love and that connection from you. Brinks, Rage, I heart, Wiley's World, you too. We got our Friday swag away, of course. Best-selling book, Never Shut Up. But we also have a contest. The Friday swag away swap, we're going to call this contest. Basically, you got to go in the comments, tell me the exact date and time we go over 100,000 followers. Because we're at 91 plus right now 91,000 followers in five months only five months we are rolling over here so i say it's monday 227 p.m mikey p says it's saturday this saturday at 9 a.m he ambitious i am ambitious of a rider so we're gonna see what you guys say in there but you guys can get the book Get these playing cards right here. Yeah, that's me, little cutie pie. And you can also swap it out and get this old, antiquated, beautiful, though, jersey from the San Diego Chargers. Suckers don't even exist anymore. So it's love for you. All right, let's get into Joy Taylor's claims that Dak Prescott isn't talented enough to get to an NFC championship game. <gasps> what? All right, so during speak, her and Acho were talking. Acho asked Joy, I'm... What she wanted to see out of Dak Prescott this year. She says, quote, a miracle. Oh, she replied. Damn, we doing Dak like this. So she then compared on the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and said Dak Prescott is not that talented. Mm. He's good enough to get a team to the playoffs. Kirk does that. He's good enough to win a playoff game. Kirk does that. He's good enough to have a high-flying offense, good regular season, win a division, and all those things are inherently good things. They make your franchise quarterback. You will get paid doing that. You will get endorsements doing that. You'll be the face of a franchise doing that. But we don't have to talk about you as if you're a Super Bowl contender. Now, I disagree with pretty much everything she said, but I gotta give her her props first. The way she broke that down and phrasing right there. He does that. He does that. I'm sure she flowed that to the fullest. All right, so Taylor seems to be People already linked this together, parroting what Colin Coward said last year about Dak comparing him to Kirk Cousins, saying they're the same dude except Cousins, uh, Dak has more fans and fewer haters. That's what Kirk Cousins is, right? So I'm like, uh, interesting. Taylor then clarified her text. She go a little deeper, y'all, saying that Prescott isn't talented enough to get to an NFC championship game. Dak has been the reason why they've lost multiple years against the same team. I think Dak is a great face of an organization. Ooh, that's tough. When, when you're a baller and they talk about how good you are in politicking and just representing, that hurts. I think he does a tremendous job being the face of the Dallas Cowboys. Damn, she said it twice. That means she ain't got much else to say about him, which I think is actually a very difficult thing of what you have to do between the lines. I think he's talented enough to win regular season games, to win a division, to put up big numbers, playoffs, win the playoff games, done all those things. But we talk about this team like they should be Super Bowl contenders. Why? He isn't that talented. So then Nacho asked her to clarify. Come on, say it. And she says, to get to an NFC championship game, forget about talking about a Super Bowl. Get to an NFC championship game. 
Woo! Okay. Now, that's a hot take. We already know. Make me think already. Um, they keep postponing when Undisputed coming back and who to go get to argue with Skip. Joy right here. There's a hot take. That's a hot take artist right there. On top of that, she got history with Skip Bayless. And she's in-house. She's in the building. But let me get into why I got issues with this, all right? First things first. That's another show on Fox. That was pun intended. Um, how do you measure talent? Traditional methods are completely wrong. Let me give you just some simple examples. So the draft and the combine are largely talent assessments, right? Want to know why? You go to the combine first, and they kind of say, put the game film over here. Let's see what type of talent we have. That's why you can go up or down at the combine, even though you're like, dog, my game field said I'm a baller. What are we doing here, right? And then the draft is the same thing. It's like, all right, we're going to merge some game film, but what is the upside? What can we build upon in terms of the athlete here? Yo, what are his measurables? How great is he? And the measurables include production as well. All right, so you want to know how we all know this is true? that a talent conversation and the way that they evaluate talent at the quarterback position completely wrong. Name the two greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. We already know their names. The two goats. There was one goat named Joe Montana and the goat named Tom Brady, right? Two most decorated. And they were pick number 199 and pick number 82. Because in a talent conversation, you wouldn't put them that high. But in a production conversation, you got to shut up and respect their gangster. Uh-huh. So let's get into this. It's almost if then and now people don't know what they're looking at. People don't know what to look at in terms of regarding quarterback talent. There were six quarterbacks drafted before Tom Brady. How many of them turned out better? Ah, we already know that answer. Four quarterbacks drafted before Joe Montana because it's a talent decision, right? We're looking at it through that lens. Talent mixed with production. Come on. How many were better than Joe Montana? Dak Prescott's more than talented enough to do it at this position, right? Okay, you don't believe me? To get to an NFC Championship game? Uh, Brad Johnson got to an NFC Championship game, won a Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, Trent Dilfer got to an NFC Championship game. AFC Championship game, won a Super Bowl. What you gonna say? Yeah, it's not just the talent conversation, but if we want to be explicit, Dak is overqualified in terms of talent. We have too many other ways that we can measure this and see that he is qualified. I just don't like when football, the ultimate team sports, really gets to this place where we extract one individual and then try to sum up their abilities just based on lack of team success. Because a Super Bowl really tells you how great you were with the team. Hall of Fame tells you how great you were no matter what, <laughs> right? There's a huge difference to me, a big, bold line. So she made some good points. I get it. I can see where you could try and intertwine and bring all this together. But I just think it's on a faulty premise that Dak's not talented enough to do it just because he hasn't done it. And then what if he does it this year? All we all we gonna say is, oh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, you're wrong now before he even does it. So 
I think people want to know, you guys want to know, why does the media do this? Why do we in the media do this? Uh, and I know where your, your suspicions are rooted in. And like, how real does she believe in this? How truthful does she think this really is? I will say this. Here's the culture. Here's the pressure of being Joy Taylor, me or anybody on those type of shows doing this type of thing. Everyone's trying to stick out from the crowd. So when you're trying to stick out from the crowd, you got a peacock and peacocking is basically get bright with who you are, get bigger with what you feel, right? So it's not like it's false. It's just bigger and brighter than you really feel. You put a little more extra hot sauce on it, right? Just to make sure that everyone gets it. Hey, look at me or look what I said. So I can stick out so we can stick out and y'all do it too. Real life people do it too. How many piercings you got dog? How many tattoos you got dog? How loud are your clothes? You know, you colored your hair. We all do it. I, I got five piercings. Don't wear it, but only two of them sometimes now. But I was in that phase trying to stick out from the crowd. So, you know, the whole LeBron is LeBum. Uh, Brady's going to fall off a cliff that Max said. And Dak's not talented enough. Kind of is all in that same place, man. You just sit there. You're in the rigmarole. You're caught up and you're with everyone level playing field. And sometimes you want to just stick out. You want a peacock. What do you guys think about Joy's comments? I'm going to ask you this. Do you think and agree with Joy that Dak is not talented enough? Hmm. You agree with Joy that Dak and Kirk Cousins are the same dude, Spider-Man. And this is the real question. Should Joy Taylor join Skip Bayless on Undisputed? Would that satisfy you guys? If you notice my posture is different, because I am kicking back, man. I am laid back just because I still got that cramp, that Charlie horse in my left hamstring. So I'm just in my easy E pose, cruising down the street in my 6-4 right here, right now. But I got love for you guys because you got love for me as well. I know that. How do I know that? Because we're at 91 and a half thousand followers, about to go past 100 follow, 100,000 followers in five months. Golly, dog. We out here rolling. So thank you guys for all that love, man. Brinks Reach. Am I shaking the camera with my big old foot? Yeah, look at that. That's dope. Brinks Reach, I Heart Wildest World YouTube. Got love for you. We still got Friday Swag Away. Remember, you're going to get this. You're going to get this. So make sure you're ready. But you also got Friday Swag Away Swap for whoever predicts the exact day and time that we go over 100,000 followers. I say it's going to be Monday at 2.27 p.m. You, Mikey P, says that it's going to be Saturday at 9 a.m. You, in the comments, members, everyone who's following us and subscribed to us, is going to say what time, what day, and what time. Oh, yes, Courtney is smarter than all of us. Pacific time, PT, baby. Souls of mischief out here. 93.2 infinity. We on the West Coast. Don't be giving me them East Coast time to try to get me. You ain't going to get this jersey as well. San Diego Chargers. Let's go Chargers. Oh, this is so dope. Actually, I just played it off. I just wiped my sweat. All right, y'all. Let's get into some phone calls, some comments. Y'all know I ain't slick. <laughs> let's get it in. Dan Levitard. Most ESPN shows are infomercials. Well, Here's our first funk up comment. ESPN always thought their brand would always be bigger than everyone else. They never adapted as other platforms grew. 
Then when they decided to change, they decided to inject so much politics into their coverage. Bold strategy. It didn't pay off. Interesting. Um, one of the reasons why you remember back in the days of Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick and all that, like true OGs, Rich Eisen and all that. I heard from executives then that one of the biggest issues with keeping those guys in those same positions was that they got bigger than the brand of ESPN. Yeah, so they all were like let go or shown the door so they could recycle in some new energy and people that they could control in terms of brand recognition, in terms of curating. Basically, they want their model to be ESPN and then who works there. Now who works there? Oh, and then ESPN. So I heard that 10, 20 years ago. Interesting pickup by you. All right, the sports banter argument has gotten played out. Every show on ESPN at some point was some sort of a panel show. But here's the thing. We love going to the barbershop, just not every day. Boy, that's beautiful. I personally got tired of the same tired argument being rehashed on the network every day. I get to cancel my cable, come on YouTube, and select who I want to listen to. ESPN right now is trying to avoid that blockbuster video, Circuit City, Radio Shack, Toys R Us, Doomsday Scenario. Damn, that's dope too. Probably a long way off, but all of them were replaced by something else. Who's to say it couldn't go there? Brandon Alexander, good Lord, won't you become a member? God dang, you got to come on the show. You drop some gems right there. Look, nobody, this business is especially, you're not too big to fail. Like you can lose your people real fast, especially because the industries are changing, right? They're shifting. The dynamics are just all over the place now. Um, I love the fact that he said, look, not every day, not every topic. And for real, like I used to eye roll and you probably saw it. That's why I talk so much life intersecting with sports. I never stayed on the script of just sports playing surface level because it was boring to me. Like I like, oh, we just talked about Dak. Oh, we just talked about the Cowboys. Oh, we just talked about Brady. Like, you know, give them their due. But damn, not so much that it's doo-doo, right? And I'm like, man, we just talking. We just talking for real? Give it to y'all raw. Because the producers say that's what rates. And the producers say that rates because y'all click in, like it, engage with that content the most. So like anything, you guys have the loudest voice when you speak it through your interest, through your attention. But I get it. They have the largest fan bases as well. LeBron. Cowboys, Yankees, Brady, but damn, every topic for three hours, it feels that way to you because it felt that way to us as well. All right, here's Britney Spears and Victor. Uh, If I would have tapped Britney trying to get a picture, I would have been in jail. You damn right. Me too. (laughs) Publicly demanding an apology is all the more reason to not apologize. If anyone is apologizing in this scenario, so what's what's the scenario? It needs to be her. Damn right. I didn't even have to see the video. Video came out after I did the show. And you could just read. Like, you ever heard the, uh, the phrase, the statement, read between the lines? People don't read between the lines anymore. I knew what this was. I was like, Brittany, you're doing too much. Entitled, running up to him, behind him. His security didn't even turn. Nobody even turned it. Up. Get back. Whoever you are, my job is to protect him from unwanted people. So, I knew that story from hello. Here's another one. A real reason for Skip Bayless and Undisputed taking two months off. LOL, no show just takes two months off. For real. 
know it's in trouble. Even if a guy is on vacation or time away for a while, they still have guest fill-ins. Bad sign to be off for this long. Yeah, I will say that long, they, the programming, you would just want somebody to keep the brand alive. But this tells me that they may come back rebranded. This tells me they're coming back with a new show. Like, Speak for Yourself is not a show anymore. It used to be Jason Whitlock, Colin Coward. I came in with Jason Whitlock. It was still Speak for Yourself. Then Jason left. Acho and I, it was still Speak for Yourself. I leave, for some reason, to speak. But that makes sense. If you're going to take two months off, come back fresh. Come back brand new. Classic case of breaking up the band and never attaining that glory again. Shannon needs Skip as much as Skip needs Shannon. Ooh, and he's going to find out the hard way. Shannon Sharp will be back on Undisputed within two years. I wouldn't bet on that. (laughs) Not with Skip there. Look, I don't think they got issues and beef. I'll tell you what they don't have is outside the show chemistry. Outside our two, three hours together love. Like, you don't want to know why? Because of how it goes when we got to prepare for this show. You imagine you as big as Shannon Sharp. And yeah, flowers to you, Skip, for making me and helping me get there. Whatever you want to call that. But I'm here now. That's old news. I got a couple of Porsche truck, couple of old schools. What song? Basically, dog, that's old news. I'm here. Give me, the ball, give me the ball. Give me the rock. Let's pick a new topic. Let's talk about this. And please don't try undress me. Three-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer. And you didn't play no sport at a high level. Or the level under that. (laughs) Man, ain't nobody going back to that. I don't give a damn what you say. Undisputed is done. Competition is none. The repetitive topics on the show is killing it. Constant talk of LeBron. Constant talk of the Cowboys. Constant talk of the same subjects that Skip feel comfortable with. It's totally boring. Only person I see who would really resurrect that show would be Max. Interesting. Max did get his start where? At Fox. Yes, Max was the original host on Around the Horn. I, I, you know, I always talk to Max still. Max there, that would be dope. I like it because Max is smart. Max is also strong. Max ain't no punk. Um, and he got to say some stuff, and he going to say some stuff. Because Skip is just reliable, right? Mr. Reliable in his topics, his takes, strong, sturdy takes. Max is a weaver. He could bob and weave. He's like, oh, look at that big-ass slow boulder coming at me. Get out the way and try and chop it up. That will be a great dynamic. I like it. I'm still looking at like a Chris Carter, Michael Irvin, but it's something imperfect about that. But I would like to see that along with Max. Salute to all three of them. Go get it. All right, y'all. Speaking of going to get it, Mikey P about to come get it and come on in here with me on Wireless World, and let's see what Mikey P got for your boy before my voice and my leg is gone. <laughs> what up, Mikey? What's up? I got a little game of Hall of Fame or nah again for you, okay? Because mm. people love talking about the Hall of Fame, and they love throwing everybody in, too, all right? So okay. the latest two, I'm going to actually tell you the stats first, and then I'll tell you who it is, all right? Ah. The first is a quarterback. 2015 MVP, one Super Bowl appearance, three-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro, most rushing TDs by a QB in NFL history, uh, most in a season with 14, most games in NFL history with a passing touchdown and rushing touchdown. And lastly, 
the first player in NFL history to have at least 3,000 passing yards and 500 rushing yards in five consecutive seasons. Whew, that's a mouthful. His name is Cam Newton. Yeah, right. we knew that from hell off. Hall yeah. of Fame or nah? He's not getting in. I, I like to answer the question of, is he getting in? Not if he's a qualifier. Because, like, seriously, this is my – if you say qualified, is he better than the worst player in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Who is that guy? I don't know. But he wasn't no damn NFL MVP. So, I don't like to do the, the whole qualify one. I like to, like, really, it's like, what's the process going to do to him? It ain't going to let him in. Um, it didn't, he didn't land the plane well enough, as you want to say, right? The way it came down, the Patriot years, the people looking at him being eclectic, questioning his focus on the field or fashion. I just don't think he landed the plane well enough. But there was a moment. God, dog. I went to Cam Newton's national championship game more excited than I go to most NFL games. When they played Oregon, I was in the building. People were crying. I was like, God dang, this is electric. And he killed it in the league for most part. So I hate to say it, but he ain't going to get in. I agree with you, but he was must-see TV for a while there. And, uh, I mean, it, it's all going to depend on how much they weigh his rushing into the equation. How much of an impact did that have on the game today? And I don't think it's going to be enough either. But here's the second player. This is also a quarterback. All right, and I think you're going to figure this out too early, but I'm going to say the stats. His first six seasons in the NFL were mind-boggling, all right? Third all-time in passing TDs, trailing Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, in the, and this is all in his first six years, okay? Fourth all-time yeah. in passing yards, trailing Peyton Manning, Marino, and Mahomes again. And then third all-time in passing yards per game, trailing Matthew Stafford and Patrick Mahomes. He was one of the NFL's best QBs before – Retiring after six years. You got to guess who it is? He retired after six years? Is, and he's not, oh, damn, it ain't no Steve, Steve Young. No, he already in. Uh, he's six years retired, and is he going to be a Hall of Famer? God, I'm stuck. Oh, that's good. Who in the hell? I'll help you out. It's Andrew Luck. All right. Will oh, he get lucky duh. and land at Hall of Fame or nah? Nope, nope. Nope, crash landing. Just one day walked up and said, um, yeah, you know what? Not only is my heart not in this, my body ain't either. And my body made my heart not be in it and I was peace. And look, uh, I, I, look, if he didn't land it like that, if he would have just got a catastrophic injury, he would have been like a Terrell Davis case where you've been like, even though Terrell got a better resume, especially with the championships, especially with 2,000 yards and silly. He would have had that kind of case that I think could have got him in because he's so likable. He was such a great ambassador for the game. I think they would have pushed him in if he didn't just crash that damn thing and say, deuces, I'm going to the Netherlands to go hiking. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> no more football? So, man, if he didn't do that, hell yeah, he would have got in. But he ain't got a shot now. He, he's deemed a quitter to some people. Yeah, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you there too. I think neither of these guys get in, but he he was definitely on that Terrell Davis path, and with the way he was getting hit behind that offensive line at the time, I mean they've improved since. But that he was getting crushed every year. Oh, that's on him. I I a, it was a walk that. injury. That's on him. I saw too many plays with Andrew Luck. It was. He took it? some sacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You took more sacks than not. The sucker. There. <laughs> Here we go. 
Peyton Manning had a, a, a suspect offensive line. I'm not going to do that to those guys because they blocked the hell out of me. Um, uh, my boy Tariq Glenn, Meadows, they were good. Tariq Glenn was a beast. But the point is, he ain't had a best O-line. The best offensive line in the NFL is a quarterback that gets rid of the ball on time. You, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning be like the said, huh? When it's rookie year, second year, whatever. Said, huh? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Either it's a completion or incompletion, but it ain't a sack. I hate when we blame them old linemen, man. They do their job way better and we give them credit for it. It's just a quarterback back there holding it, holding it, holding it. What else are you supposed to do? Your back's turned. You don't know what you're doing, and you got to block a beast like me 60 times. Let me stop. 60 times a day? That's a problem, man. Yeah, he held on to it a little too long. But yeah, moving on, all right? So, Ja Morant, he has spoken again, this time on Twitter. All right? Fuck, fuck. Yeah. Damn, he's, he's, got, he's got everybody hanging on every word right now. It's crazy. But anyway, he tweeted, everything's being noted, all right? With one of those emojis. And then, tornado emoji soon, okay? So, social media got after him. They basically said, you know, why does he keep talking? And they're questioning whether he even learned a lesson at all because he keeps talking. All right, so do you think John Moran should take a break on social media and lay low for a little while? No. Help his image a little bit. No. Um, like, all in, in reality, forget your image. Just live, live your reality. Live it the right way. Uh, live it in a way that you want to represent yourself. And obviously, these miscues won't help you. But these miscues weren't social media posts. They weren't emojis. They weren't, like... I hate when we conflate the two. Like, you can say whatever you want. Just don't be flashing the guns irresponsibly. Like, that's it. That's the only issue we have with him, for real. Be real, y'all. Like, all these gun incidents and you trying to bully or help people out or punk people with the gun or be the rapper in the video. Like, all that. But social media and all that, that ain't his problem. His problem is turn the damn camera off. This is funny. I had this conversation with somebody. I got to protect the guilty. He famous. He was like, dog. Do you know how many times I used to just play around with my gun and, you know, be in the locker room or be somewhere and just talk about because I had a gun when I was a a rookie in my second year. I ain't have a camera phone either. But was the temptation there ever probably to grab my gun and my camera phone and to turn it on? I'm not built that way. I don't let my left hand know what my right hand's doing. Like, basically, I, I have done so many things that only that place or that person knows on purpose. Like, I ain't, I don't care. I don't need receipts. I don't need y'all to know I'm cool. So I hate when somebody who's at home is going to tell this guy how to act. When this guy, 98%, 99% of the time, acts perfectly. Fine. No problem. He just got a little issue with trying to show off, pop off, be too hood, be too gangster, be too cool. Leave that alone. But keep your social media. Forget these fools. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is on social media. It can get rough, but... Last and certainly not least, you're going to love this. And you knew this was coming at some point. I promise you. All right. So last week, we dropped our own little social media bomb, woe style. All right. You asked the world, what is Lil Wayne's best song ever? Because ah. that's not impossible or anything. Okay. So I got to get your response too. What's your favorite? No, excuse me. What's the best Lil Wayne song ever? Um, I, I really, no lie, whatever song I'm going to say this time will change. And there's a level <laughs> of at least 38 songs right here. 
Hey, man, I'm back every day. Bye. How you doing? It's easy to win, man. It's gonna finish it. And you're on the floor. I'm just putting it Whatever that song is, walking through the club like a motherfucker. Sigma. That song is one. Um, golly. Because we on fire. That's the... No, it's too many. Like, God, dog, this dude did all, go, oh, man, go DJ. God dang. He just, he Lil Wayne, man. I swear when I see him every time, I just want to be like, dog, I'm fan man number one, bro. He like, I thank you, thank you, I love, that's love, Wiley. I'm like, but I'm like, <laughs> dog, it's for real. I, I Here's my story, Mikey. No lie. In San Diego, 2000, everybody was, I think it was 2001, like, everybody was talking about, Juvenile and BG being better than Lil Wayne. Now I'm the music aficionado, right? I'm the DJ of the team, blah, blah, blah. So my, my voice carries weight, but I'm arguing with everyone. I was like, nah, Lil Wayne's the best. And they were like, no way. He ain't the one. He third place. And this is little, little itty bitty Wayne. And you blink <laughs> and he slammed it, hit the floor and mass pass everybody in that group, obviously. So for me, you could pick 10. What's your song? Let me hear you. What you got? I, I changed my answer at least three times, okay? So I'm going to settle on this one. I'm going to say, I'm me, all right? Because every time I get the chills, every single time I hear that intro, I could run through a brick wall like this, baby. Like, that was that was on my warm-up uh, in sports. Always They always had that in there every single time. But you could convince me right above it, could be one because Hell I love yes. how they had it in the Ballers intro, right? The Ballers intro was sick, okay? I love that show. I miss Silly. it. They should have kept it going, but that was a perfect theme song. So no, I no, alternated with those two the most. <laughs> okay, I, I feel you there, but they should No, nah, no, nah, Ballers was done, bro. Nah, they jumped the shark. It was getting real thin in them storylines. They were getting real wild. But, I mean, I'm not mad. I love the show all the way through. But I was like, leave me wanting more. <laughs> Don't leave me know when why? I'm full. Why? I'll throw you a little theory because maybe good old Roger Goodell told him, hey, you're putting, you're putting us on blast a little bit. Slow down here. And that's when oh. it started to get dry at the end. Uh, maybe. No, no. Maybe. No, they, they, they made too many We seasons. had this topic last week. Yeah, but two things ain't the same. And no two people, no two anythings are the same. They're, we're uniquely the same, as they say. So they're different, but the same. I don't think so, because Cadell wouldn't have let it go that far. Like, they already had corruption with the commissioners and presidents seasons ago. Like, Cadell would have been like, hey, bro, what y'all doing over there? They wouldn't wait to that season. But here's the thing. One more Lil Wayne one. Lil Wayne. Go ahead. I love, um, I, I'm on one. I love that one, too. Like, uh, I'm gonna so cold. I love that. Whatever the hell. Oh, that's insane. Um, let's just a guy. Let's just crown him. Lil Wayne literally is in the goat conversation, and he doesn't have to be your goat. But damn it, he ain't no outside the goat conversation, dude. He is top five for everybody. Gotta be. Man, respect. You gotta bring him back on here soon. That's my next yeah. request. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, we got to chop up the interview. You got to do your job first. Chop up the first one we did already. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> My dog. All right, let me get out of here, and I'll start doing that. All right. Let's do it. All right, big dog. Peace, Mikey P. And speaking of peace, y'all know how we end every show. With a Wally-ism, you're like, how does that have to do with peace? Ah, find peace in peace. 
Woo! This is something that I see happen all too often. That things are going well. Things are smooth, right? Everything's in place. And people can't even find peace in that, right? All of a sudden, they're anxious. What's next? What's going on? I'm like, first, just find peace in peace. Everything's good. Everything's smooth. Coaches say it like this. Don't get bored with success. I may give you that as a wildism and go deeper with it. But basically, things are rolling. I'm at peace. Nobody's hurting. We all good. It's all Gucci. Now, in that peace, find peace in that. You ever see somebody who is all good and they like, oh, uh, something bad about to happen. Why? Because it's all good right now. You're like, what? You're like, oh, man, I don't know. Everything's going well. I'm a little scared that something's going to go wrong. What? People play like that. There are players out there that, okay, here's the thing. You ever see somebody? All right, let me give it to you simple. Heads or tails? Tails. Oh, it's tails. Heads or tails? Tails. It's tails. Heads or tails? Heads. Why? Because it ain't going to be tails again. It's tails. And you're like, God dang. You're like, you, you, you almost psyched yourself out. Like, you, it can't be that good for that long, right? But we can find some peace in peace whenever it exists. So everyone out there, man, just hold on to it. It takes so much maintenance to just be happy, to be at peace. But one of the things you can do to bring it all the way home and to make sure that it's cemented in you is to find peace in peace. Namaste. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. Yeah. 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.